The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. We always say it, and we mean it because we think it's true. So what's going on here? I'm going to read the buzz. Let's see. The buzz is from PwC's 2016 Utilities Industry Trend Report. They say that the utilities market will quadruple. That's four times by 2020, and that's about two and a half years away, and will reach $6 billion worldwide by hmm, worldwide by that time. So what does that mean? It means utilities have to innovate. Innovation is the key word here. This was from a report by Jeremiah Johnson, who's a solutions architect at 3DR. He wrote it this year in January, and the title of the report or his article was Drones Take Off for Utilities. There's a couple of clues in there. So what are we talking about? Let's look back in time. Since the dawn of the 20th century, that's way back, the world population has grown from 1.65 billion to, wait for it, 7.5 billion, according to worldometers.info. What does this mean for utilities? The demands are soaring. People need efficient energy. They need gas. They need water. They need electricity. They need other resources. We are growing into a city population all over the world. So how can utilities meet this challenge? Well, these challenges, I should say. The utility sector has to optimize its supply chain. Come on, you're listening to us here on our series called Digital transformation of your supply chain. So you knew that's where I was heading. Why? Utilities have to make sure that the people who work for them, the employees, the agents, the everybody in the industry, whether they're in the field or in the office, that they are equipped to meet the consumer's needs. People want information. They want efficiency. They want good pricing. What else are they demanding? Everything from the utilities. We have a panel of three experts here today joining me. We're going to help us figure out what this really means for utilities companies. So let me tell you who they are briefly, and then we'll start talking to them through their opening quotes. First up, I'm pleased in a moment to introduce you to Lou Aguilar, EP of Sales at Havensight Consulting Group, and he'll tell us a little bit about what his company does. Joining him on the panel is Ron Shell, Director of Business Systems, EAM, that's Enterprise Asset Management for Metropolitan Utilities District. And rounding out the panel is Karsten Hoschild, 
Solution Manager for SAP's Global LOB for Enterprise Asset Management. There's that EAM again, gentlemen. Welcome. And now let's welcome Lou. Lou has sent me an interesting quote, a very interesting quote from Dr. Seuss. Those of you who are not familiar with Dr. Seuss, all I can say is shame on you. Uh, Dr. Seuss uh, started, well, actually, this quote appeared in a motivational book called Looking Tall by Standing Next to Short People and Other Techniques for Managing a Law Firm. I don't know if you knew that, Lou. In 2007, by a gentleman named H. Edward Westman, but the quote itself is from Dr. Seuss, originally named Theodore Seuss Geisel, an American author, political cartoonist, oh, could we use him today, a poet, an animator, a book publisher, and an artist known for authoring children's books under the pen name Dr. Seuss. His book sold over 600 million copies, translated into more than 20 languages. Very, very interesting. A couple of titles from Dr. Seuss, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street back in 1937, and in World War II, he worked in the animation department of the U.S. Army, where he produced short films. I'll just leave that one alone. So here's the quote Lou has selected from the vast works of Dr. Seuss. Quote, sometimes the questions are complicated and the answers are simple. And I'm simply going to say welcome Lou Aguilar. How are you, Lou? I'm doing well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me on the show today. We are delighted. I love to start a show with a Dr. Seuss quote because it just makes you smile. And our topic, (laughs) utilities, innovation, quadrupling markets, billions and trillions of people needing needing their energy. That's a serious topic. So let's start out with something that is smile-worthy. So, Lou, how would you pick the quote, and how does it relate to our very serious topic today? Yeah, so, you know, um, I guess I chose the quote because, you know, I like to keep things uh, as simple as I possibly can, Bonnie. I, I uh, have always thought that uh, sometimes we overcomplicate, um, you know, um, some of the questions that we're asking and, and the answers are real simple. Very, you know, and, and to, to your point, um, you know, that uh, directly to the topic that we're going to be talking about today, and that's really, you know, around uh, the supply chain and how to collect the information to get it back into the system. So a lot of the mobility stuff that, um, you know, and applications that have been out there for, for many, many years. And, and, uh, and, it's, and it's always interesting to me when, I, you know, I walk into a client's um, uh, site and they're like, why do I need this, right? And I, I always believe that the answers are simple, and that's to harmonize the, pro- uh, the process and, and, and make things a lot easier, not just on yourselves, but on the folks that are out there that are collecting that information for you. So... Very interesting. Do you think people in the field, I mentioned that in my opening, Lou, that it, we're talking about arming or equipping or empowering or all three, the employees in the field, the people who work for the utilities, uh, do you think that they would think the questions are complicated, but they would be relieved to know that the answers are simple if their utilities will just innovate, will just fast forward into the digital age? Do you think that they would be sighing a collective sigh of relief right now to say, oh, wow, Lou just solved all of our problems by quoting Dr. Seuss. Do you think think it would make them that happy? I think it would. What do you think? I think so, too, and especially with the, the, you know, with, um, you know, everyone using um, smartphones today or some sort of a tablet or things like that, you know, our, our, you know, the, the, the workforce that we're, um, that we're talking about these days are, um, you know, they're younger, they grew up with this stuff, they, they love to have it, you know, they, all the information at the point of performance, and so I, I truly do believe that, that um, you know, that, uh, that, you know, they're getting excited, more excited about it, and, and these days, I don't think that many, many companies out there can, can really 
uh, not hand this over to them. Um, they, they really need to make sure that these guys are, are, are equipped with the right uh, tool sets and the right technology so that they can have that information. So, yes. Thank you, Lou. And, and were you surprised by my quote from PwC's 2016 Utilities Trends Report that the market will quadruple by 2020 and reach $6 billion worldwide? Do you think that's realistic? I really do. I think there's a, you know, there is an ever uh, demanding need for for this type of technology out in the field, um, uh, especially with where where um, the world is taking us right now. And so it, collecting the data and making sure that you can harmonize those processes so that it can take you into a predictive state where many, many companies have wanted to go for many, many years. You know, I, I've, I've uh, you know, had the opportunity to be in this business now for about 17 years and everybody's been talking about, you know, we want to be able to collect the information so that we can get into a predictive state. So yes, I, 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 uh, I think they're um, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, excited about this. Okay. Thank you very much, Lou. Pleasure to meet you. And now I'm going to turn to your second colleague on the panel, Ron Shell, Director of Business Systems, EAM, Enterprise Asset Management. You'll be hearing us talk about that a lot for the Metropolitan Utilities District. And Ron has found an interesting quote from Albert Einstein. Now, Ron, I'm just going to tell you I do a lot of quote lookup homework before the show, and this apparently is close to what he really said. I'm going to read your version, which is the popular version, and then what people think he really said. The quote is, logic will get you from A to Z. Imagination will take you everywhere. And it's believed that he actually said, knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. How poetic is that? Ron Shell, welcome to Game Changers. How are you today, Ron? Good. Thank you. Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate being on the show. We're appreciative of you being on the show. Thank you. So talk to me. You picked a quote from Einstein. He's actually one of our most frequent, I'll say, quotees. Uh, and, and talk to me about logic and imagination. Ron, when we talk about utilities in the industry, I'm not seeing imagination. I'm not hearing. I'm hearing logic, hopefully, but I'm not seeing imagination. So tell me how this applies. Well, how I, how I hope to apply it or how my team hopes to apply it or how we hope to apply it is that, you know, everybody sits there and says, you know, we've been doing things for 20 years. I know everybody hears that from every business, not just utilities. But as you hear those kind of things in these meetings and hear kind of those things in these areas and fields, that's, that's where you got to say, okay, you, you've only gotten to Z. You know, I, I need to take you somewhere else. I need to imagine where I can take you now, where I can go in the future. How can I get that information to you in the field? How can I, you know, make things easier for you, not just using a shovel, not just using a hammer, not just using this giant laptop or a tablet, you know, that that came from 20 years ago. I mean, I just read the other day, you know, that the iPhone is 10 years old this week, so it kind of makes it kind of pertinent to our discussion. We're making things (laughs) smaller, easier to use on our people in the field, and it's a matter of getting them there, getting that technology to them, getting the information in their hands. I mean, I remember as a kid, I had a bag phone because me and my family would travel long distances. Well, now that bag phone is, who knows where that is. But now I've what's got this it, Ron, smartphone Ron, 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 what's a bag so phone? Much. Tell me what's what that? a bag phone is. What is a, a bag, bag phone? A bag phone is an old, well, cellular phone from oh, late 80s, early 90s. I'd actually even say mid-80s, I think, is when me and my family had it. And when we traveled long distances, this big bag phone, if something emergency happened on the road, we could use this bag phone to dial for help. So it was it oh was a my. it was like a small backpack. 
Wow, and you look so you young. Can- I'm looking at your picture. You, <laughs> you look like you're in your 20s. I think I missed a chapter of civilization here. Fascinating, <laughs> fascinating. So imagination, very, very interesting. Uh, yes, there was a, t- I think I saw a TV special. I don't know whether it was on 60 Minutes or CBS Sunday Morning about the 10th anniversary of the iPhone and everything that happened after that. It certainly has revolutionized. Interesting, uh, you're talking about the, the changing in technology, the changes in technology. Ron, we've talked on other shows in the past year or so about the changes in the shop floor in manufacturing. And it used to be that people would say, yeah, my kid's going to get a job in a factory. And now it's, wow, my kid's going to get a job in the factory. He's got an iPad. He's helping to move things around. There are robots. Everything is changing. It's such an exciting field. And young people are being drawn back into these jobs because of the excitement of innovation. Do you see that in the utilities area as well? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I know just from our of our experience here at MUD that when we rolled out iPads a couple of years ago, I had a new employee, a younger employee, look at me and go, "Hey, it's great that you got this on an on an iPad. I appreciate it, but can I have it on my iPhone? I don't need something that big." I mean, that was shocking to us because we went from a tough book to an iPad, and now this young man wants us to go from an iPad to an iPhone. So. Now there's a new request out there for me and my team. Like, well, how do I get this much data onto this little device? You know, it's 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 mind blowing, and that's where that I, I got to imagine how to get it there for him, so he can do his job better and more efficiently. Very interesting. Thank you for the the uh, references, the cultural references. They're they're very important. You know, we try to do here on Game Changers Radio, and I'm addressing this to all three of our panelists. I'm about to introduce Karsten in a moment. Is try to make the conversation human and real, and and in terms that people can think about and absorb and appreciate rather than sitting here and doing bits and bites. So you, you certainly helped to humanize us. I appreciate that. Thank you for the smiles. And now it's time for Karsten Hauschild. I'll spell his last name if you want to look him up. H-A-U-S-C-H-I-L-D, Solution Manager for SAP's Global LOB for Enterprise Asset Management. And Karsten has sent us a wonderful quote from Mark Twain. Uh, and actually, Karsten, this quote has been attributed to Agatha Christie as well, and nobody can verify who really said it, but it's a really good quote. So I'm just going to read it. The quote is, The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and then starting on that first one. And it sounds very logical. Karsten, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Excellent, excellent. I'm on my third cup of coffee already. Oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. Thank you very much. I could feel that caffeine (laughs) pumping through your voice, and I appreciate it. They don't let me near caffeine, so you can have an extra cup for me. So, Karsten, I love the quote. We don't care whether Mark Twain said it. It sounds more like Mark Twain than Agatha Christie, unless she's talking about writing a mystery novel, I guess. So tell me, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. That's the core of the quote. How does this relate to our topic, utilities changing the world, actually? Go ahead, Karsten. Yeah, it's, it's 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 very simple. I mean, there are all these these terms out there: IoT and big data and sensors and machine learning. And in the end, this kind of digital econ- economy arises in utilities. And since I'm kind of solution manager and enterprise asset management, utilities one of the 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 core uh, topics in utilities is asset management. And if you apply these new technologies to asset management, 
organizations, they need to embrace this and just take little steps to get started. You need to start somewhere in this environment today. And because, I mean, everybody knows it, the Internet of Things is all around us, and many of us probably don't even realize it. It's changing the way how we interact with so many things, yeah, and cars and homes and utilities, of course, comes into your home to cities or to way we purchase or on the train. Yeah? So IoT probably made sure that your train runs on time and didn't break down, and same applies to utility industries. Thank you, Kristen. Very, very interesting. And let me ask you a question. I think I asked this of Ron a minute ago, or maybe it was Lou. Well, I'll ask it to everybody. Do you agree with PwC's 2016 Utilities Industry Trend Report that says the market the market will quadruple four times between now and 2020, which is less than three years away, but it will reach $6 billion worldwide and that innovation is a necessity. How much more innovation can we see? Christ, just let me ask you for that, and then we'll just go around the table to complete that, and then we'll go to what's in your cup. So, Christ, what do you think? Is it really going to reach $6 billion worldwide? Is the industry ready for that much business? I think the industry has to be ready for this. I mean, there's... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much, innov- so much innovation out there that depends on new technology. And it's not only hardware, it's the way how we interact, how we come up with new business models, uh, how we buy uh, electricity and other utilities. And I mean, if it's plus minus a billion here and there, it's, it's going up. I mean, think about robotics, how that's being used in the utility industry to monitor, let's say, transmission lines. So companies are investing heavily and forward-looking companies are investing very heavily. And sometimes it's, it's interesting to watch because I'm working in a global line of business. It's very uh, different sometimes from country or continent to continent. There are continents and countries that are very advanced of applying new, new technologies and some others are more the kind of cautious ones. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if I look at Australia, it's very advanced how they do things, and even South America and certain countries. And the U.S., it's, uh, I have to admit, <laughs> we are a little bit behind sometimes. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, there's a huge opportunity for investing in new business models and applying technologies. And that doesn't come for free. But you have to start somewhere. You have to start in little steps. Thank you very much. And let's go back to Lou. Did I ask you that question? Anything you want to add about that? And I want to make sure we get Ron's input on that. Lou, anything you want to add about uh, this innovation requirement? Yeah, I think that uh, Carson is uh, dead on, especially with the interaction portion, right? I mean, we're interacting every day, and it's how we interact, right? And uh, making sure that we get the information from point A to point B and and making sure that, you know, we get things done quickly and efficiently. So I I completely agree with with the fact that, uh, you know, it's it's how we're going to interact, whether it's with a tablet or a a phone or or a laptop or however it is. I mean, the world is is interacting more. And and that's just really just to get us to that, that, you know, get us there uh, much quicker, right, Uh, to the answers much quicker. And so, yes, I would agree with that. Thank you. Ron, anything you want to add to that as we go around on the opening quote? Um, I'm going to agree with my gentleman, but I'm going to disagree with PwC's quote as to, as to how much it's going to expand. Because ah, okay, talk to me, yeah. Everything I see in, in our industry is, you know, the houses are getting built with uh, better material, more energy efficient, mm-hmm. 
I know that, you know, you've got water products, and, you know, we sell water and gas here, and water products are now, you know, less consuming water. You know, families of four are using less water today than they did 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago. So when you look at it that way, you look at your blueprint. I know everybody says your carbon blueprint your, or your blueprint of technology. Everybody's trying to use less or trying to be more efficient. So as efficiency goes up, your consumption is going to go down. So I, I kind of see that revenue stream kind of laying flat, I know, and, and I just don't see that going. But I agree with them on the technology that you're going to want that information in your hands. I know that me, when I pay my bill every month, I go, what did I use last month? What, or what did I use last month? Or what did I use a year ago this same month? Did I use the same amount of energy? Did I use less? Did I use more? You know, have I made improvements to my home to make me more energy efficient? And that information needs to be when I want it, when I need it. And that's what I'm always striving to get to in a utility industry is like, what information do you want? How quickly can I get it to you? And can I get it to you? Do I have it available? Interesting. Now I have to go around the table again. Ron, I, I like the provocateur in you. Thank you very much. Karsten, do you agree with this reality check from Ron? Thoughts about the, as he said, as the revenue stream will go down as energy efficiency goes up. What do you think, Karsten? Well, I kind of agree, but also I want to uh, put the effect out uh, since we are all using, for example, Google. So Google, if you do 100 Google searches, that equals to 60 watt uh, watt light bulb burning for 28 minutes. So that energy has to be produced and doesn't come for free. So maybe you use or have more energy efficient houses, but you use more energy somewhere else and you don't even think about it because you just do it via your iPhone or your iPad or on your home computer, but uh, <laughs> uh, we don't live in a vacuum, and uh, you may be efficient in one <laughs> on one side, but you use more energy on the other side. Interesting. Yeah, think about electric cars. Uh, yeah. In whatever five years, maybe have 10, 20 percent of electric cars running here around in the U.S. Uh, I'm thinking about some buying one maybe in three years, uh, and they don't run on fuel anymore. They run on electricity. So, well, we will see. We will see indeed. Ron, you want to rebut on that? And I do want to get Lou into this. But, Ron, any any comments back to Karsten? Um, you know, the only one is he's got some good points. And, and, and I agree to a point that, you know, yeah, the Google search thing is great, and that's Google using that energy, and that's awesome. But when you're looking at a utility industry, okay, i got to feed them electricity. Like you said, that electric car is awesome. But I'm no longer, you know, burning fuel, I'm not, you know, which is great. I'm going to use some electricity for it. We've got natural gas vehicles as well, so I'm using that. But when you're a utility industry, our biggest consumer is the home. You know, that's mm-hmm. our biggest consumer. So when that home goes down, as a public utility like we are, or a private utility, that home is where our, our, our bread and butter is, and that home keeps going down, i got to find a revenue stream somewhere else. And, and, and like he's saying, it, you know, it could be other places, you know, for us. We've got CNG vehicles that we want to use. We want, you know, you know, natural gas vehicles instead of gasoline or diesel and electric is going to challenge us in the future as well. So I understand his point, but I still think from utility, my revenue is going to level out, if not start going down as energy efficiencies go up. Interesting. We have to get Lou Aguilar in on this. Lou, a lot of us uh, both sides, good arguments, good provocateur. Very, what do you think? Very good arguments on both sides. And uh, you know what, with Bron being in the, in the sector that he's in, you know what, 
Um, I, I kind of have to agree with, with where he's going with this whole thing, right? And that is that, um, you know, we, they will start using less and less, right? And he's got to find a different way to, uh, he's got to find a different way to, to make that up. So, uh, because things are becoming more efficient, so. Interesting. Now, what I'm going to do before I ask you where you are, what you're drinking, that part of our show is called What's in Your Cup Today, since we are welcoming Lou Aguilar for the first time to the show and Ron as well, I want you each to tell me, please, what your company does. Just uh, 60 seconds. What is Havensight or Havensight? Tell me how to pronounce a consulting group. What do you do, Lou? So it's Havensight Consulting Group, and, and actually uh, we do implementations of SAP software around the um, supply ch- uh, supply chain um, uh, products such as uh, mobility, uh, EAM, predictive maintenance, um, GIS, uh, things like that. So we have been uh, we've been doing that now for for several years. But we really came from a company that was that that really started in the mobility space, which is why we're very you know we we understand the the products that they're implementing very well. And so we work very close with Ron and and Karsten out there. So. Yes, so a ton of services around, around their products. Thank you. Good to know. And Ron from Metropolitan Utilities District, tell me a little bit about your organization, Ron, please. Um, our organization is a Metropolitan Utilities District of Omaha, Nebraska. So we are Omaha, Nebraska-based, and we provide gas and water to the city of Omaha and surrounding areas. They're the Metropolitan District. So you're right there in the trenches, literally and figuratively. You're you're out there getting it done. Thank you very much, Ron. Have you have you seen a, a great uptick and upswing in technology on the I'll say the shop floor, meaning in the office, in the field? Are you seeing a, a great investment by your organization in this new tech? And is it something that you can rest on, or or is it day by day? Get me this, get me that. We want it smaller. We want it faster. What are you seeing in terms of the investment in tech? Uh, from from Metropolitan Utility District, we are constantly trying to keep improving. I mean, just in the last nine years that I've been here at MUD, we have you know put in iPads, we've put in more mobility, we've put in better you know customer service, better customer relationship, better billings features. We've done so much, and now it's just keep improving, trying to be ahead of our customers, trying to answer those questions before they ask them. So, because if you ask me a question today, hey, can I do this? You know, can I have this kind of billing? As a customer, we know you're not the only one who wants that. So hopefully we can get that to you at the same time you ask it or a little before. So we're always trying to change, always trying to make us better, always trying to get you as a customer in, in Omaha, Nebraska, a better better piece of the puzzle, You know, a better understanding of how you get gas and water and how you pay for the gas and water. And people want to know how. That's absolutely right. There are many different parts to the puzzle right now. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Lou. And Karsten, we know who you work for. So I tell you what, Lou, we're going to circle around the table to you. And now it's officially time for where are you calling from and what's in your cup today? Or here's the caveat, if there's nothing special in your cup right now during the show, what do you plan to drink afterwards to celebrate? Go ahead, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, today I happen to be in Huntington Beach, California, looking at the ocean. So I've already, like Carson, I've already had three cups of coffee because I was watching uh, the sun come up right out there on the patio show getting ready for, for the show. So it's, uh, it's a great day today. So, yes. Thank you very much. And Ron Shell, where are you and what are you drinking or what are you planning on? I am in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. I am in my fourth floor office, and usually I start the day with chai tea, and then I move on to iced tea as the day progresses. 
Interesting. What's in that iced tea? Is it just a, a tea bag brewed in water? Is it a cold brew, a hot brew? Do you put lemon? Do you put sugar? Do you put agave? Does it have a pretty pink tint with some lemonade in it? Come on, give me a little more color here. It's a, it's a plain tea. It doesn't matter. I, I used to do the Tazo teas, you know, the tea bag. In the hot water, though, you got to do the hot water, and then I usually pour it over ice to get the iced tea. I can't. I don't like the cold brew. The cold brew just doesn't taste the same. Okay, very interesting. I just threw that in because cold brew is getting so popular. I actually tried it with some some coffee grounds in a big pitcher, left it in the fridge for a couple of days, gave it to a friend, and he said, Ugh. <laughs> he wasn't too happy Exactly. About it. I agree fully with your friend. Yeah, I'll have to tell him he's got a, got a new friend in you, Ron. And Karsten, where are you, and what are you drinking, or what would you rather be drinking that makes you really, really happy, Karsten? I'm actually in lovely Princeton, New Jersey, the college town, sitting in my home office, enjoying Brazilian coffee. And I'm actually Ooh. drinking cold brew. And um, Ooh, I tell us with my other colleagues here. <laughs> right cold brew is the best thing ever. You just have to do it right and let it sit for 24 hours, run it through a filter, and it's great. It's concentrate. You just put, put it in a fridge, and then you heat it up with some milk, and it's, uh, it's awesome. Ah, well, well, we have we have been debunked here. My goodness, Ron, we have somebody who's an aficionado in cold brew. Interesting, Carson, what kind of a grind do you need in the coffee? Is it a fine grind? Is it a coarse grind to make the cold brew? What do you recommend? No, it's a fine grind. I mean, you have to let it sit down um, and then you for 24 hours in the fridge and then you need to filter it. So there are some really inexpensive uh, kind of concoctions how to do this. Uh, just go to some, some local stores and they have it. So, But you have to do it right. But it's once you find it out and get a hang out of it, it's very, very easy. I'm going to try it's again. It's so much better. You just have to try it wrong. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to bring something with me so so we can taste it. Carsten, this this is Lou. You made that sound so good that I'm going to try that now. Didn't he? I think it's wonderful. Thank you. That's why we go around and around the table till we get all the right answers. We are talking, believe it or not. Yeah, go ahead. Just use fresh coffee. Just go to your local coffee. coffee. Uh, shop and buy fresh coffee. I think that's the secret. That may be the secret. I use some old coffee in a bag that's been sitting there in the fridge for a while because I use an espresso. By the way, gentlemen, they do not let me near caffeine on radio show days. And today is a doubleheader of another show an hour after this one. So I am relegated to just using water. I have a cool, clear mug with a cool, clear glass of water from my Brita filter. Nothing sophisticated or fun, but I have a pretty green straw. It's always the color of the straw that differentiates. It's green because there's so much beautiful greenery outside my office window here on Long Island, York and it's wavering between a little cloudy and a little sunny and whatever it is we'll take it. Temperature is comfortable, not much humidity and that's the weather report from Long Island. So on that note we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today about accelerating the utilities industry in the digital age. That phrase, that title is loaded with a lot of interesting words. We're talking about technology. We're talking about innovation, about keeping up with demands. We're looking at not only demands for more people in more cities around the world needing energy, needing 
efficient and smart and safe and sustainable energy sources, but we're looking at increased efficiency in our homes and in our buildings. And how does that juxtapose one to the other in terms of what the utilities industry needs to keep up and keep going and stay profitable? Hello. So we're talking today with Lou Aguilar at Haven Site Consulting Group, Ron Shell at the Metropolitan Utilities District, and Carson Hauschild at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to be after the break, so think about that one. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Great conversation so far, and I promise you it will continue. So, Kevin, out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Rising customer expectations, complex supply networks, and a focus on your business's bottom line make it more important than ever to bring your extended supply chain into the future. Your digital supply chain is one of the most critical components of your business success. From matching supply to demand with efficient order fulfillment to designing and manufacturing amazing products, hear how you can bring your extended supply chain into the future. Our experts discuss how the extended supply chain of the future is producing dramatic results to businesses worldwide. The digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers. There we are. That's a loaded topic, and we're talking today about accelerating the utilities industry in the digital age, and I have a a sidebar comment to my three panelists. Uh, Interestingly enough, we have a series called Utilities of the Future with Game Changers. That's Thursday, this coming Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern. This show, this uh, show we're doing right now on digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers is talking about utilities. My show after this, Startup Focus with Game Changers, is talking about startups and utilities. And Thursday, Utilities is talking about utilities. So I said to James McClellan, you may know him, Karsten, James McClellan at SAP, I said, this is the week of utilities on Game Changers Radio. We've never had that many shows talking about utilities. So it must be very important. I'll just let that one sit. So Lou Aguilar at Haven Site Consulting Group is going to start the roundtable. Here's what Lou told me in his notes before the show, and Lou will elaborate for us. He says, 
mobility, mobility is an extension of typical EAM functions, that's enterprise asset management, which includes the maintenance and operations of an organization's physical assets, facilities, and infrastructures. Mobility gives a competitive edge to businesses and has helped in changing various EAM practices for good. There's, there's, the, the, there's the flavor, for good. So, Lou, please tell us more. What does this all mean? Uh, well, I thought this was important, especially with the topic that we were talking about today. Um, you know, I have been, as, as I mentioned before, in, in this business now for about 17 years, just around mobile applications. And and, uh, and so I've seen the EAM world um, change um, for, for many, many, over, over so many, so much time, I, I guess. And what I've seen out there is, is really, you know, I started around 2000 and, and what ended up happening is, the, even in the beginning when we used to go and talk to companies about obviously mobilizing their processes and and um, and uh, m- making a difference, giving the guys the information at the point of performance, you know, at, at first we would get a lot of pushback. And um, today we don't. Um, we don't get as much pushback these days. I think people have come to realize that collecting the information, you know, uh, via some, some form of a, of a, a mobile device is helping to increase productivity, streamline the processes, do different things like that. And, and it is changing because, again, uh, from back in 2000 to today, you know, as I mentioned earlier, many companies have said, uh, we want to collect the information to put back into the systems to be able to get to a predictive state. Well, that's always been difficult. I think right around the mid-2000s, there was a study that came out that said most companies only utilize about 20% of their EAM systems. And, you know, that came with a promise, you know, when it was being sold to them that they would have full visibility of their assets, be able to, to, you know, um, you know, better prepare and get resources out to them. But what they forgot to tell them was you need the data back in the system to make those decisions. And, and now with mobile, they're able to do that. They get the information back into the system, they harmonize the process, and they get what they need out of there so that they're making better business decisions. And the technicians like it too because they have the information at the point of performance. They're not walking back and forth to a PC. They're not filling out Mm -hmm. pieces of paper. And everybody's speaking the same. So it's made a tremendous change out there, um, what I've been able to see. Very interesting. Uh, Ron Shell, love to get your thoughts on what Lou opened up for Mm -hmm. us. What do you think? What do you see? Well, I'm just going to continue on with Lou's thought there of, you know, it's it's moving, getting away from the paper, getting away from that double entry, getting away from all those things. You know, when you go mobile, when you're trying to get those assets done, you know, kind of like you explained it, you know, it's the maintenance of our system. You know, here, here in Omaha, we've got gas and water valves and hydrants we've got to maintain. Every year we've got so many we've got to do. And beforehand, you know, it was write it on a piece of paper, write down what I did, take this big stack of paper at the end of the day, bring it back into the office, give it to somebody else who's got to type it into the system. And then hopefully you get the updated version on whatever device it is you had, whether it be a laptop, tough book, whatever it may be. Or if you had a piece of paper, you had to hope you had another printed piece of paper with that information. Now my gentleman can do their work in the field. Our techs can do their work, do their maintenance, put it on the iPad. It goes in, you know, real time or, you know, synchronizes in real time. And they can get that data back 
shortly after. If for some reason, sometime that night, something happens where somebody needs that information, they can go look and go, oh, hey, this was maintained today. This was greased. This was done. Or, oh, hey, this was broken. We can now put it out for repair. We can do something like that. And we can do that quickly, efficiently. And when I don't have to bring that paper back in, I now save money, save time. And that's the biggest thing for our customers as a utility. That's the biggest thing, saving money, saving time. And it makes people happy to work there, doesn't it, Ron? Is it exciting for the workers to be able to have this kind of mobility? Does this is this as I said, uh, we're seeing more of this on the manufacturing shop floor? Yes, I love going to work because I'm part of something that's that's real and that's happening, and I'm making a difference, and I'm able to use data and get insights. Is this something you're seeing? Happier employees may mean happier utility customers. Is that the way it works? I think I think happier I think is is comes with the efficiency and comes with the ability to give them the ability to make the decision on their own with that information in their hand now they don't have to call back to their boss to their foreman to an engineer to somebody now they've got the information in their hands whether it be GIS whether it be you know on on a work order that's on their on their iPad whatever it may be and that decision making makes empowers that empowers that user empowers our techs which then makes them happy because they get to make that decision. They don't have to make, worry about somebody else telling them what to do anymore. It's, hey, I made the decision today. And I think, in turn, that does make them happier as a tech. Yeah, being part of the process and, and making a difference, making things move. Thank you very much. Karsten, love to get your thoughts on this. What do you think? Yeah, I think mobile asset management. If you look at the kind of universe of mobile solutions for enterprise, for enterprises, uh, is the probably the top uh, mobility application with the large biggest ROI. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense to, to, to mobilize kind of work order processes onto a mobile device like the iPad or, or Toughbooks or iPhones. But I think just replicating a paper-based work process onto a mobile device is kind of underutilizes the potential of these, these platforms. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that they can, okay, I have to work here and here and here, but think about a step further. I mean, technicians, now they have a device that's co- connected to the Internet, so they can could have results of machine learnings or even artificial intelligence at their fingertips uh, if they are connected. Um, and in, in terms of kind of usability, uh, there are, Nowadays, with native applications, uh, things possible uh, that weren't even there like several years ago, or when the let's say when the iPhone or iPad started. Uh, today, you have a fingerprint sensor, so you mm-hmm. just put your your finger on there. You you immediately kind of uh, authenticate it. Or you want to let's say you're you're out in the field, you're a maintenance technician. And you want to get some tribal knowledge from your colleagues, so you just FaceTime. Yeah, so there are other things you have to think about it besides, okay, I have your work order process, and before it was on paper, and now I have it on iPad. There are other things possible that make the life of these uh, technicians out in the field even more easy. Thank you, Karsten. Yes. Lou, I'm going to give you a chance to wrap this up. We've had some really good comments from your colleagues on the panel. What do you say, Lou? Yeah, I, you know, again, I, I think just to elaborate a little bit more on what Carson was just saying, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're talking about finger fingerprinting, and, but, you know, just all of the different things that have come with uh, mobility, whether it's GIS, GPS, 
digital imaging, voice to text, visual enterprise, just all the things that the technician has needed out there in the field for, for many, many years, right? And now it's all possible today with the technology that's out there. And it's just, um, you know, and again, I think Ron, Ron nailed it when he said it empowers the, you know, it empowers the technicians or the field workers to make decisions out there on the spot, right? Where before I have to call someone, I have to look something up. I, and that's, it's right there at their fingertips. So it just, it, it makes so much sense to, to, to have that and streamlining the process. Again, you know, I, I've, I've been with companies that have had from a pay, on a paper-based process, 27 steps from the day a piece of paper gets created till it actually gets entered in. And oh then my. they're chasing the guy down because they can't, they can't even, yeah. uh, you know, they don't understand the chicken scratch. So it is, um, it, it really is changing the way uh, businesses are viewing and, and interacting out there. Thank you very much. And now I'm going to move on to a very interesting topic from Ron's list of statements he sent me before the show. Um, Ron, I think we've talked about a lot of what you have in your statements here, Ron, but here's something interesting to me. You say public utilities can be a solid forum, that's the concept I want you to explore, for sharing information on mobility management activities and providing a strategy for better customer service. So talk to me about this forum idea. Does it have anything to do with EAM or is this more on the people side of how you interact with your your workers and your customers? Uh, I'm going to try to hopefully sum up a little bit of both if I can. I've been trying to figure out how to best use that. Um, But... From, from a customer standpoint, I always use my parents as the best example because they're, they're retired, they're constantly traveling, and all of a sudden they get a bill. And, you know, they don't have checkbooks anymore, or at least checkbooks are becoming irrelevant. And so here comes a bill in the mail. They forgot to write a check. They forgot to do something, and now they got to pay it. Well, now they get a text message from their utility that says, hey, your bill is due. Would you like to pay it? So they can hit that link on their text message. It brings up their, you know, brings up their account. They can look at it. Yep, that looks about right. I can pay it from right there. That's just one of the things that utilities are doing to make sure you know this. From a field service standpoint, if you have a, let's say I need to change your meter, well, I as a customer or I as a company can send you, the customer, a text message saying, hey, we're going to be out there in two days to change your meter. Is this time available? Yes. And then as, I'm, as the day comes up, it's a reminder text or a reminder email or a reminder phone call to our customer. And then as my tech is on the way, hey, here, my tech is on the way. So I'm sending you information as a customer so you know hey, MUD is going to be here to change my meter today, and they can then we can take care of that asset, replace the meter, do whatever it is we need to do, fix it, and we can go on our way. And you as a customer know when we're going to be there, know when to expect us, and those are the little things that mobility helps us, or at least those mobile solutions help our customers know MUD is you know helping them better and, and providing the service that they need. Very interesting. Talk to me more about what kinds of utility bills are your parents getting. I assume they maintain a home somewhere, a solid home on a piece of land somewhere while they're traveling, and, and this is what happens. Uh, go, go ahead. Tell me a little bit more. Very interesting. Well, the, the gas company, well, they, have, they own a home in, in Lincoln, mm-hmm. Nebraska, actually, and it's gas and water and, and phone and your normal, your normal bills, but gas, water, electric. So their electric company sends them an email, and then that email, in that email link goes, oh, hey, my bills do. And they can pay it. My parents do not do auto pay. That's another piece of the puzzle because I know a lot of people go, well, why don't they just auto pay or auto deductible? Uh-huh. I was just wondering. So, you read my mind. That's exactly yeah. what I was and wondering. So my my parents are old school. And so they like to see what the bill is. They want to see what it is. But they want that option to say, hey, I saw it and I paid it. They just don't want the bank or the company taking the money out of the bank. So they just want, they want to make that decision. 
where me, on the other hand, I know my bills are going to be around the same price all the time. You just automatically yeah. withdraw it, and then I'll take a look later and go, okay, did this bill make sense? So, Ron, what you just did was put old school next to new school. Your parents are old school because they don't want to prepay. They don't want to auto pay. They don't want to have the utility assuming that they owe a certain amount of money and, and blend it out over the year. But they're new school enough to have mobility devices, to know how to text, to do. I'm going to ask, what age range are your parents? May I ask? I'm just curious because I know our listeners would like to know. Uh, my parents are 65 to 70. I had a feeling, and I told them I'm very proud of them <laughs> for reasons I won't discuss on the air, but tell them, yay, because that's the way to go, to be accessible by mobile, and bravo for the utility companies for connecting with them and making it easy for them to know what they need to pay when and wherever they are. I think that's great. Thank you. Great use case, Ron. Tell your parents I said hi. Where are they now? Are they traveling? Uh, actually, they're in Kansas City now on their way back. Okay, well, tell them I said hi from from a will, tell them from you. a uh, from a fellow boomer. Tell them I said hi. I won't tell you the year, but a boomer. Uh, Karsten, <laughs> I'm giving away too much information. Karsten, please share with us what do you think about what Ron, the example he gave about mobility in a public forum for mobility management through utilities. What do you think, Karsten? I think it's it's very interesting to. I mean, we are making the the life of the consumer easier every day. And this is a great example to get a text message, hey, pay your bill. But the interesting part is you have, if you look behind the scenes what's going on, you're interacting not only, let's say, with your bank, you're interacting with the utility company. And in order to achieve this, there needs to be a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, a lot of business processes that are not only, let's say, billing-related that are related to, okay, you have maintenance technician with the right skill set maybe to fix the meter. Do you have the right material to bring it on site at the right time? So there's a huge amount of interconnected business processes uh, going on uh, in order to make it easy for the consumer to to get the information and get the message and, and in the end get this excellent customer service to mm -hmm. fix an issue or to pay the bill. And, uh, I mean, with the advent of the iPhone, it's, it's a great thing. Everybody expects this great user experience. Uh, but it's just the, that's just on the surface. It's almost like an iceberg. You, you just see the beautiful tip of the iceberg, and everything has to work in sync underneath the surface to make that happen. Uh, and uh, people sometimes forget about this. They do, indeed. And gentlemen, we are having so much fun here. We're almost at the time of the show where it's crystal ball predictions time. But I realized I didn't get to, Lou, I didn't get to you to comment on, on Ron's great case study. And Karsten, I didn't get to your statements, although a, a lot of what we've been discussing is, is embedded in what you sent me. So, Lou, forgive me. I'm just going to read one statement from Karsten's list. And, Karsten, I just want you to give me a 60-second comment. And then, Lou, it'll be time for you to start our predictions round. So get ready, please. 
Karsten, you say maintenance organizations are running into a demographic problem, and this dovetails beautifully with the example that Ron just gave us. You say key personnel with a lot of tribal knowledge are retiring. Young people need to be attracted to work in maintenance and asset management. Interesting. So just a quick comment. Uh, wh- where does this knowledge go, or is it too old school that we don't even want or need that knowledge anymore? I'm playing devil's advocate here. Karsten, just a one-minute response, please. Oh, absolutely. You need the knowledge. I mean, especially utility industries, uh, there are, is equipment out there that's maybe 50 to 100 years old. And <laughs> the guys who are kind of about ah. to retire, they know how to fix it. So you need to transfer this kind of knowledge, how to do certain things into a kind of digital asset or digital uh, uh, procedure that can be then accessed by young people on on their iPads or on their iPhones, because that's what they're expecting. And it takes sometimes a long, long time to learn how to do certain things. And it's not written in a handbook. It's That's why I'm using the kind of term tribal knowledge. They just yes. know to do it, do it because they have done it 100 times. And that's a, it's a big problem in the utility industry and other asset-intensive industries to transfer that knowledge onto young people. And young people, they have uh, different expectations than, um, let's say, the baby boomers had 20 years ago or 30 years ago when they, when they joined a utility company. Thank you, Karsten. I'm going to have to cut this short because I have to give each of you 60 seconds for predictions. Lou Aguilar, Havenside Consulting Group. What do you see going forward around the year 2020? Nothing to do with the PwC Utilities Industry Trend Report. Predictions. What's going to change dramatically about this conversation? Exactly 60 seconds. Lou Aguilar, you're on. Go. (laughs) I think people will be um, uh, collecting more information through mobile devices. I think that is going to get us exactly where... We're all headed, and that is into a predictive state um, through the technologies that companies like SAP uh, offer out there. I think it's it's going to be it's going to be great. Uh, all the interaction with with uh, with everything that's going on. I think uh, to to Karsten's um, um, is having that tribal knowledge, and I think by by 2020 we're going to be pretty close in getting there. Thank you very much. Wow, that was great. Concise and to the point. You actually gave an extra 10 seconds to Ron Shell at Metropolitan Utilities District. <laughs> Ron, you're up. I'll give you 75 seconds. Oh, I'll give you 70 seconds. It's going down fast. Go ahead. Um, I think that it's just more information. I think we're going to try to be predictive. I think we're going to try to predict what gas valves, water valves, hydrants, machines, whatever may be in our utility enders to you know beat the breakdown, to not let it break down, better maintenance, better quality, better insurance that, you know, our water is always going to flow, our gas always flow, our electricity is always going to flow. And that kind of information, there's just more data and more data, and that consumption and that need is going to be what we're going to try to push to our users, push to our customers, so they can use it in whatever way they see fit. That's where I see the future. Thank you very much. And Karsten, how shall Karsten at SAP, talk to me. I can give you, oh, my goodness, Karsten, they were so concise i can actually give you 90 seconds karsten enjoy it go ahead well looking at the future and the future is not that far away it's actually almost here uh we are starting to investigate how we use drones and enhance machine to machine communication and artificial intelligence uh, in the utility industries and um these technologies, they will also drive new business models. For example, we can use drones to help agriculture and utilities, public sector and security. Uh, and robotics are becoming increasing important 
as our customers, they look to transfer their business processes from, let's say, power generation to improve financial performance. So with all these new technologies out there, you can apply it. And it, in the end, it really has a financial impact and has a customer satisfaction impact because that's what we are all about, to have our customers or to keep our uh, customers happy and provide them in the end with better customer service. No? Thank you very much, Karsten. Lou, Ron, Karsten, very interesting conversation. Thank you to the three of you for your camaraderie, for being so charming and so flexible on the topic, and very interesting. I have to do a shout-out to Shane Ellis and Suzanne Ellis at SAP who put together this panel. I think Suzanne did this one, and thank you, and to Rick Imber at SAP Industries, who is the sponsor of this series, Digital Transformation of Your Supply Chain with Game Changers Radio. And I have to give my own prediction very quickly. Coming up in one hour at 12 noon Eastern, I'll be back with Startup Focus with Game Changers, speaking with startups about their relationship to helping boost efficiency and goal good stuff in the utilities industry. It's Utilities Day on Game Changers Radio. So thank you to our panel. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to Kevin, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio. And all I'm going to say is here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. It probably has some sensors embedded in it that are probably telling your utility company whether you need an electronic seatbelt to help you get it all the way across. Never mind. Anyway, what are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Lou Aguilar, just like Ron Shell, just like Karsten Hauschild. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for now. Back in an hour. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to the digital transformation of your supply chain with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.